0: Thank you. Welcome back to the What Your More podcast. I'm your host, Quentin Harris, and this is episode 137. So in today's episode, I want to hit you with two things. I want to talk about how to solve that credit card debt that we were talking about in the last episode. And then I also want to talk about why I think the Federal Reserve is still going to lower those rates in March, even though the media, even though some friends, even pundits are saying, hey, listen, that's not going to happen. I'm going to break down why I believe that's going to happen in the second part of this episode. But first, let's talk about some solutions to that credit card debt. And that's what I want to lead into with this episode. So have you ever had those moments when you're you're talking to someone and you leave the conversation you're like crap I forgot to say this um, you know I've done hundreds of speaking engagements where I'm like dad gum I forgot to I forgot to say that and so today's an episode where I get to come back and say, hey listen I forgot to say this at the end of the buy now pay later episode and the credit card debt you know because we talked about what was going on and this kind of hurricane as Jamie Dimon says is brewing in the background of the consumer credit markets but I didn't offer a solution and I listened to the episode uh, after it was published and I'm like Uh, I hate it when I don't do that. So I'm sorry. I apologize now. But today I want to offer that. And I want to talk a little bit about that. So you guys know Daniel Halverson, man. He has been on this show numerous times. His team, the entire team is called the Halverson team at Bank of England. Those guys get it, right? So what I love about what they've done over there is they have created a product to help with that credit card dilemma. Now, I read in the Wall Street Journal that Many Americans want to move. Many Americans want to refinance because they have a ton of equity and they also have a lot of credit card debt. You know, we just documented that in an entire episode. But they don't want to give up that three percent rate or that four percent rate. Like seventy percent of America has a four percent handle on their mortgage or less. Like you don't want to turn that into a seven, and you don't want to turn into a high sixes. Like I get that. I understand. And, you know, the old, you can refinance later, depending on what state you live in, that can become pretty expensive, right? So, you know, one of the things that Daniel and the team over there have done that I think is phenomenal is they have created a product that helps consolidate those credit cards. And I'm not talking about a refinance. I'm talking about a product that's a fixed rate product, essentially a second mortgage that's fixed. Now, if you've listened to my episodes, you know, I do not, I do not like home equity lines for numerous reasons. It's another revolving debt instrument and you're consolidating thousands of dollars from your credit cards and put it on another revolving debt. Yes. The interest rates lower. Yes. It's possibly tax deductible, but I'm not a fan of home equity lines, but a fixed rate second. Well, I like that idea because now you're going to pay it off and you're going consolidate revolving into a term. Now, the challenge is, the challenges on that is most of those are going to come with extremely high interest rates. These are smoking interest rates that I'm seeing on this. They're less than half what your credit card debt is. And what's incredible about this is they're closing these in five days or less. Now, this is not meant to be an infomercial for Bank of England. But I did want to say why this is so important. And by the way, if you're listening to this, they can do this in all 50 states. So no matter where you are in the country, you can get to these guys. The link to this is going to be at our YouTube channel at What's Your One More. You're going to see a Calendly invite on there where you can go in there, schedule time, you can talk to a representative and they can get this set up for you. Here's the great part. This takes like five days or less to close on. And it is one of the most seamless processes that I think I've ever seen for any mortgage, much less a second mortgage. And again, rates are extremely favorable, better than I've seen on any fixed rate second mortgage in probably the entire 20 plus years I've been in the business here. But this is a phenomenal product they have here to help consolidate that. Now, it's not just for credit cards. You know, if you just want to take cash out and you want to have it on the sidelines uh, for emergency, or if you were looking to do renovations or upgrades, or you needed it for college education, tuition, I mean, the list goes on and on. It's available for that. I'm just specifically saying it's a solution to the credit card situation I was talking about last episode, and I felt bad for not leaving that on there at the end. So again, the team over at Bank of England, all 50 states, they can knock this out for you in five days, um, You know, and it's amazing. It is an amazing product. No appraisal required. It doesn't matter if you're W-2'd, you're self-employed, you're 1099 they can do it all on this product. So I highly recommend it. Go into our YouTube channel at What's Your One More. That link is gonna be in there. It's gonna be a Calendly link. Schedule an appointment to meet with one of the representatives over at Bank of England and let them help you with this. And if anything, let them do a free diagnostic and see, is it beneficial for you and how much money you would save? I can't say enough about this product. Um, Yes, they're one of our primary sponsors and I'm very grateful for that, but I'm even more grateful when I see a product like this that can help our audience. So I'm super excited about that. Please check it out. Yo, thank you so much for choosing us today. We're definitely not done with our podcast, but we are going to take a really short sponsor break and then we'll get right back to the show. I've been in the lending business for 20 years. I've seen many different lenders. During those 20 years, I recognized there's a difference between being an originator and an advisor. The team at Bank of England is full of advisors. They take their time to understand your needs. They take the time to structure a mortgage for you and your family, and I cannot recommend them enough. If you're in the market to purchase a home, maybe it's a second home, maybe it's an investment property, or you're looking to refinance your current property that you live in, take a minute to work with the advisors at Bank of England Mortgage. They're a nationwide lender, and you can find your local branch at boemortgage.com because it's more than loans, it's people. Thanks so much for letting us give a shout out to our sponsor. All right, now back to the podcast. Okay, so let's go into the second part of this episode. Why I think the Federal Reserve still has hope that they can lower the interest rates in March's meeting. Now, here's the thing. They came out of their last FOMC meeting. Powell took the podium and said, Nope. Probably probably not going to happen. That's essentially what he said. He said in a different context, but that's exactly what he said. But then we had some things happen over the course of the last week that I think are pretty important. Number one is the CPI came in. And as we know, there's three levels of inflationary reading. There's the CPI, which is the consumer price index. There's the PPI, which is the producer price index. Now, the Federal Reserve doesn't use either of those to adhere to policy or their target rate of inflation. They use the PCE, the personal consumption expenditures, and that's what they look at. Yeah, these other two are important and they do get headlines, but it's not what they use to evaluate. Now, the reason the CPI came in a little higher than expected was really one particular weighted reading, and that was shelter cost. You've heard us talk about shelter cost over and over again, and what is made up of that is the owner's equivalent of rent, as well as rent readings, as well as the the lodging away from home meaning like, hey, you, you you left home and you did an Airbnb, you did a hotel, et cetera, you get the point. Well, that number was the curveball. That number was way up. And because it was so weighed up and that weighted average of the shelter cost is 44% of the CPI, it makes up 44% of the CPI. That's why it was higher. Now that's not always the case. It doesn't always work like that, but it came in higher and that's what threw it off. Well, that same weighted, excuse me, that same component of shelter costs isn't a huge weighted average on the PCE. It's not nearly the same, can nearly carry the same clout. The PCE, as we're being told by the Federal Reserve, they look at it in three different ways. Obviously, they look at the core reading, which strips out energy and food. But what they do is they evaluate that over a three-month reading. And they say the last three months, if we take that and we we pull it out over 12, we extrapolate that over 12, what would that reading look like? Are we close to two? And the answer is we're like one8 Then they look at a six-month reading. Are we close to two? Yeah, we have a two handle on there. And then they look at the overall 12, which also has a two handle on it. Their target rate of inflation is 2%. They're there. All indicators show that they're there. And when the PCE reading comes in this month, it's probably going to meet expectations. It may even be less. And you may go, well, Quentin, we know the shelter cost was up higher. It could be higher, but it doesn't carry as much clout in that PCE as, as it does in CPI. I still think it's going to come in as expected. I think the Federal Reserve is going to look at that and say, okay, we're getting there and we're already there. Matter of fact, one of the Open Market Committee members, Goolsby, came out yesterday and said, hey, listen, I think we're being a little restrictive here. We may be, that's a dovish comment for those listening, meaning that's favorable to, for a rate cut or a rate reduction of the Fed funds rate. He came out and said, listen, this is, uh, I think... I think we're, we're being a little too, little too restrictive on this and we may want to reconsider, you know, what we're doing going into the next meeting. That's completely 180 of what Powell said at the podium, but this is that good cop, bad cop we keep talking about from the Federal Reserve. But I think what happened there is they recognized that the markets, the markets being the bond market, the markets being the uh, Wall, excuse me, Wall Street, you know, the equities market, they all saw that CPI and they freaked out. They absolutely freaked out. We saw a major jump in the bonds market within an hour. It it didn't didn't take long for it to get right back to that high technical level of 4.3. Within an hour, Wall Street was down, having one of the biggest loss days it's had of the year. Like, I do believe they looked at that and said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, you guys may be reading too much into this. Maybe we're being a little restrictive. I think that was kind of a warning sign that the Federal Reserve is going to reevaluate and say, maybe we do need to cut by a quarter. Just the slightest of cut by a quarter will do tremendous things for the market. And especially for a pent up demand market on the mortgage side, that's waiting for just a little bit, just a little bit of signs that it's going to happen. And One cut might do it heading into that spring season and creating some, some really good momentum for the mortgage rates going into that spring season. But furthermore, I think they're going to look at that PC reading and they're going to go, we're at the two we've done it. Now, what are we doing for the maximizing the, the, the job market, you know, target rate of, of job employment, as they say, I think it's called stability is what they're looking for here. They look at those initial jobless claims and they say, hey, listen, jobless claims are coming in either right at target or right below target. So we really aren't kind of creating more job losses, right? Well, there's a couple of things that I look at with that. Most of the layoffs that you're reading about in the news are either in the mortgage industry or in the technology industry, right? The tech side of things. If you take a look over the course of the last really four months of headlines from Google to Microsoft, those are some of the bigger layoffs in the tech world. Is it unfathomable to think that when people are laid off that they get a severance package? Not at all. And if they're coming from those bigger companies, it may be four months, it may be six months. But while they have that severance package, the question is, are they looking for another job? Okay maybe but they want to maximize that severance package right and they'll take the job after the severance package or are they saying hey man this is great i don't i can not have to look for a job for 6 months and then i can start looking for a job who knows how that works but here's what i do know both sides of that yield they can't go to the unemployment line which means those job losses will not show up until that severance package is done and that may be a major reason why we're not seeing the job loss you know, gains, initial jobless reports go up at the rate in which we're expected because the severance packages. And I think that is a huge component that's going to start showing up going into June, maybe a little bit earlier in May. And I think that combined with the PCE reading from three to six to 12 months, all having two or less handles on them is going to yield a better result in the March open federal, excuse me, federal open markets committee meeting where we're going to get that quarter, uh, basically quarter rate lowered. Could be wrong, but I do believe that's what's going to happen. And I do think that as we move out throughout the year, there'll be more than three cuts. Even though they're saying three cuts, I think there'll be more than that. I think they're going to get from a less restrictive policy. And I think it's a matter of time before we start seeing that come down meeting after meeting after meeting, which is going to yield better results in the mortgage market. So we'll continue to watch that. Very excited as we move into the PCE week next week. And uh, again, guys, I don't say this a lot here, but big shout out to my producer. Appreciate everything he does yesterday was his birthday, by the way. So happy birthday, Charlie. And uh, guys, if you like what you're hearing, please check out that YouTube channel at What's Your One More. All the details about the solution to that credit card debt I was speaking about is going to be on there. Can't thank the team at Bank of England enough because they got one heck of a product over there. Check that out. Also, check us out on all platforms in which you listen to your podcast, especially on Apple. If you could five-star review this, leave a comment, we'd greatly appreciate it. And then check us out on our socials at What's Your One More. Till the next episode, we'll see you guys at What's Your One More. I got one more shot, I'm gonna make it One more chance, I'm gonna take it I meant it when I said it, now it's time for me to do it I got one life to live, so I'll put all into it, yeah